welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I'd like you to pray with me before we go any further, because we're going to get into some more word now. And... Um, I believe it's going to help us greatly. The Lord knows what you've been through. He knows what you're going through. And He knows what's around the corner. And He has all the power you need to get through what you're going through, to recover from what you've been through, and to avoid or soar like an eagle over what's around the corner. And so let's pray because He knows exactly what we all need to hear. Heavenly Father, as we move forward in this service, as we dive deeper into Your Word, we're asking that you would open our eyes. Help us to see things that will make us free. Bring us to the next steps of our life in our ministries. Show us things from your word, Father, that will heal diseases and expel fear and stomp out panic attacks and anxiety. Father, that will break chains of addictions and fix marriages that the world says there's no hope for. Heavenly Father, we're asking for your word to come forth like a hammer today, smashing to pieces all oppression. We're asking, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would help us to hear accurately, to receive your word into our hearts. Father, that we would also be doers of anything you're leading us to do so that we can receive the full blessing. Father, we pray your word comes forth boldly and confidently as it needs to. And we're asking that the Spirit of God would make it so real to us that our lives would never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen and praise the Lord for answering that prayer. Um, I, have, I have actually a word I wanted to give to our parents in the church just to get started here. Um, there's just something that came to me as I was praying. My heart goes out to the parents in the church. My heart goes out to the kids that are, st- are still at home. And I wanted to say this to the parents, especially if you have kids at home um, and, you know, that haven't left the house yet. I want to encourage you. There's a scripture in James chapter 4, verse 6 that says, God gives more grace. What does that mean? That means... <laughs> something really good. That means God has more power and favor to give you, to help you raise your kids, to help you to minister to your kids, to bring healing to your kids, to bring direction to your kids. And he says he gives more grace. I suggest to every parent under the sound of my voice, before the day's over, ask God for additional grace to help you as a parent. And he will. And um, I would say this, I would encourage parents to make it your lifestyle. Listen closely, parents. Make it your lifestyle to quote scriptures referring to God's leading you and guiding you, especially in the area of raising your children. And then after, after you make that a part of your lifestyle, expect the direction of God to help you to keep your child safe, to help your child develop and and to grow up into the things of God in the most beneficial way. Number three, I would say to all parents, don't worry about your kids being harmed 
or hurt or not turning out right. Don't worry. Cast all your care on the Lord and refuse to worry about your child's health or welfare. Not only are they your child, they're the Father God's child. And so have some trust in him to do what you feel you can't do. And there are some things you can't do because you can't watch them 24-7. Just be led by the Holy Spirit. And then don't worry and say, God, you're a great father. Worry, uh, worry and fear. Fear is worry. Worry is fear. Worry is like the beginning stages of fear. That's not something you want to mess with. You want to stand against fear like you stand against a rattlesnake trying to get in your house. Fear is bad stuff. It's, it's the enemy trying to find access into people's homes and lives because the Bible says, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, Job said, and that which I was afraid of has happened unto me. So fear like opens the door for things you don't want. I say slam that door shut, don't worry, and trust the Lord. Now feeling afraid doesn't mean you're afraid. Right. Acting in fear is where it gets serious. So speak only good and grace-filled words about your child, no matter what it looks like or feels like. A lot of times parents talk about what's happening, which is one of the worst things you can do because what's happening may be a tenter tantrum right now. Oh, these terrible twos. Oh, stop. Your words are powerful. Don't shoot yourself in the foot anymore in this area. I know it's hard at times when you're on the battlefield and all this stuff's happening, but please watch out about speaking negative things over your children. But it's happening, but you don't have to keep repeating it. You can say, you know what? My child is in the hands of God. I'm graced. I'm led by the Spirit. You're growing up properly. These tantrums are out of here. And if it happens the next day, say the same thing because we have no quitting sense about us. In Exodus 23, 25 through 26, out of the CEV translation, the Bible says, Worship only the Lord your God, he said, and I will bless you with plenty of food and water, and I will keep you strong. Your women will give birth to healthy children, and everyone will live a long life. Hmm, how many think it pays to worship God? Now, now, one more thing I want to say to parents, because I felt like the Lord really wanted me to say this. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 2, should be all over your walls, on wallpaper, on your blankets. <laughs> this is a New Testament promise to children. And if parents teach their children this one verse, your children will be happy and well, and they'll live a long life, saith the Lord. I'm just repeating what the Lord said. Ephesians 6, go ahead and put up on the screen. Verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Parents, you should be teaching your children this as soon as they're able to understand. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is what? Right. right. Keep going. Honor your father and mother. Now we're beyond just doing right. We're now into their attitude in their heart. The Lord will help, you, help them to have a good heart through you as well which is the first commandment with promise. So stop right there. Obey, honor. What if, what if kids obey and honor? What if they learn obedience and honor? What if they learn this? What if parents teach their kids this? You have a promise from Almighty God. Look at the next verse. With promise. That it may be well with you children. Well, always in the hospital isn't well days. In jail isn't well days. Struggling along, barely make ends meet isn't well days. No, but children... It'll be well with you if you learn honor and obedience and you will live long on the earth. So this isn't talking about dying and going to heaven. That's 
That's a big blessing. But this is talking about living long on the earth, not having your life cut short, avoiding tragedy, missing terrorist attacks, right? Not getting in a head on collision on the highway. God personally takes responsibility that your child will be happy and well and live long if you simply teach him the previous verse. So parents, be encouraged. That was for you. The Lord wanted me to interrupt our agenda and our entire service to help you with your children. Turn to Luke chapter 4, please. Luke chapter 4. If you weren't with us the last week or two, the Lord helped us to learn some things in the previous weeks concerning uh, what it means to live a spirit-filled life and what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit and how we're going to learn today a little bit more about how to practically do that. And I want to show you a couple of scriptures to get us up to speed. How many of you have not been with us the last two weeks? Anybody here haven't been with us? A few of you. Okay, we won't do a whole lot of review because most of you have, have been here. But we're talking about spirit-filled, spirit-led. These are two of the most powerful things Christians can do on their journey on this earth to be highly successful, miss adversity, overcome problems. We all need to be interested in living a spirit-filled life and being led by the Holy Spirit every day of our life if you want the best life there is. Now, if you don't want the best life there is, I guess you can just ignore this and not be too interested in the Holy Spirit. But if you want the best life there is, victory, 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 peace, 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 joy, 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 miss a bunch of adversities and problems and brick walls that a lot of people are running right into, then you'll, if, you, if you want the kind of life that lives above that, you need to be very interested in what your pastor is going to teach you in the next few minutes because this is how you live that life. Now, there are opposing forces to try to make you uninterested in this. When I say opposing forces, I'm talking about the devil and demons constantly trying to stunt believers in their walk with God, see that they never grow any farther than the babyhood stage of Christianity. Well, just be aware of the fact you're not always going to feel like doing what I'm teaching you right now. And you're not always going to feel interested in like this is the grand answer to all your great problems. But it is. Well, you're arrogant, Pastor. I'm confident that what God said is true, it's powerful, and it works for anybody who wants the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God in the earth realm. When the, in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the word God is Elohim in the Hebrew, and it's plural. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, you read a few verses down in Genesis chapter one in the beginning of the Bible. God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. Us is plural. Who's God? God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. And they said, let us make man in our own image. Just don't make them like angels. Let's bring them up a notch. Let's make them like us. Let's give them free will. Let's give them the ability to speak and let's give them our faith and let's give them our love. And let them have dominion over all the earth. Well, Adam had it for a little while, but then he committed high treason. Him and Eve sold out when they ate of the tree God told them not to eat of. And that gave Satan access into this realm. And now he's the God of this world, small g. He's running things down here, especially in the area of darkness. He's not running us if you're a sold out believer. But the rest of the world is all under the power of darkness. 
And that's why we're here to pull as many people out of darkness as we can before we're gone. Because this thing is real called heaven and hell. So in Luke chapter 4, I wanted to start again showing you that Jesus operated in what we're talking about. And he wants us to operate the way he operated in his earthly ministry. So Luke chapter 4, you're all there except the pastor. Come on, pastor. Falling a little behind there. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus was just baptized of John in the River Jordan getting ready to begin his three-and-a-half-year world-changing ministry, and of course dying on the cross and rising from the dead. He's about ready to enter, and so he was the son of God up to 30 years old, and then at 30 years old, he got filled with the Holy Spirit, which is very interesting, showing you can be a child of God and not be filled with the Spirit. Jesus was up till 30 years of age. And uh, it says here in Luke 4, verse 1, then after he was baptized of John in the River Jordan, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Could you all say that phrase with me? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Say it with me. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Returned from the Jordan. And Jesus was what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then it talks about him entering into some temptations and some things he had to go through before he began his three and a half year amazing ministry of saving our lives. All right. But I wanted you to notice Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Holy Spirit. And as you read through the New Testament, you will find we also are called to live spirit filled lives, Holy Spirit filled lives. And we're called to be led by the Holy Spirit every day of our life. And if you are, if you if you choose to learn about living a spirit-filled life and being led by the Holy Spirit, you will overcome everything that comes against you in this life to try to knock you out, make you sick, hold you down, put you in fear, put you in depression. The Spirit of God knows everything. And He has a way for you and me to get above all of it. Amen. This is absolute... The Holy Spirit is God in the earth realm. And, the, and Jesus said, you can be filled with God. <laughs> Let me just say one good thing about being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. No more room for depression. Come on, a lot of people in, in church, a lot of Christians today, they have a lot of problems in their life for one simple reason. They've got room for them. They're not filled with the Spirit, so they've got room when depression comes along. It seeps into their life, and pretty soon they're depressed. Well, one of the reasons people are depressed, Christians are depressed, is because they have room for depression. And when it comes around, it finds place in their life. A lot of Christians don't know how to stand against it and resist it. Well, how many of you would like to have no room for fear in your life anymore? Well, then be filled with something. So you don't have any more room. Can you think of anything better to be filled with? Then the Holy Spirit of God, who is called Comforter, Helper, Strengthener, Standby, Counselor. He wants to fill you. I know, you know, a lot of times we try to figure these things out with our brain. Stop. Like a little child, just begin to receive these things from the Word of God. Begin to believe them and watch the goodness of God increase in your life. Not because you got it all figured out, but because you read something, you heard something, you believe it gives God a right to do great things in your life. Now, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. 
Ephesians 5, I'm going to show you just briefly again that we are also called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, what is that, Pastor? That sounds foreign. What are you talking about? If you give me just a few more minutes, I'll explain it to you. And the Lord will reveal it to you and your life will never be the same. All right. Ephesians chapter 5. I want you to notice verse 17. This is Paul writing to Christians everywhere. Here it's a letter to the church in Ephesus, but it goes to Christians everywhere. Notice in verse 17, the Bible says, therefore, do not be unwise. How? Well, you need to understand what the will of the Lord is. Oh, the will of God. Will of God. I don't know if I can know the will of God. What's the will of God? Well, he's going to tell you right here in the next verse. One of the things that the will of God is for every believer. So don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord. Say this. I can totally understand what the will of God is for my life. Because God wouldn't tell me to do something I couldn't do. Be honest with me. How many of you have ever questioned, what's God's will? What's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? Well, if he's going to tell you to understand his will, he's going to tell you what his will is. But you've got to keep reading the will if you want to know. New Testament, new will. So what is the will of God? Here's one of the things the will of God is. Don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Notice a capital S. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Why do people keep turning to the world for cheap, temporary, messed up, diluted, quote-unquote, substitutes for what the Spirit of God wants to give you and more without any side effects, without ever feeling bad the next morning, right? With, with total joy. Why would anybody want to keep turning to the cheap when the better is available? Maybe the church hasn't shown people enough how good the better is. Maybe we need to, maybe needs to start right here with us. How about we all get very interested in being filled with the Spirit of God and let the power and goodness and glory of that start being seen in our lives to where people want what we have. All right. So he's telling New Testament Christians, not just pastors, not just prophets, not just teachers. This is written to every believer. And he says, be filled with the Spirit. Well, he's not going to tell us to do something without telling us how to do it. Anybody want to know how to live a spirit-filled life? Yes. Now, I will say this, that um, we need to teach how to be initially filled with the Spirit, with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. You know, laying out of hands can be a part of that. Um, you, things can happen right during a great sermon when the Spirit of God falls and people get filled with the Spirit and start speaking in tongues. But then we have to teach people who have had that experience of being filled with the Spirit initially. Then we got to teach those believers how to maintain a Spirit-filled life because it's not once filled, always filled. You read that through the book of Acts. They were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. They spoke with other tongues. Peter preached an amazing sermon. 3,000 souls were saved. And then Acts chapter 4, days later, it says they all prayed. And after that prayer meeting, they're all filled with the Holy Ghost again. It's called 
maintaining the glow. It's called staying on fire for God every day of your life. It's called watching out about this world creeping in and becoming more fascinating to you than being near to God. It's, it's called staying above the junk that most people are wallowing in so we can pull them out when they're ready to come out. <clears throat> now, I want to show you something. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to show you something. If you would, please um, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And back there in the projectionist behind the wall there, could you find Romans 12, verse 11 and 12 out of the Passion Translation, the TPT Translation. We'll give them just a second to find this. Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 11 and 12 tells us uh, another way to explain what I'm saying to you right now. So look what Paul said to all believers in Rome, which includes us in Grand Junction. Here, here, look, what, look what he says here. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says, Christian... Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Man, we could preach a whole seminar right there. Serving the Lord is one thing. Serving the Lord enthusiastically, now that's acceptable with God. You'll read in the book of Psalms, it didn't say serve the Lord. It said serve the Lord with gladness if you don't want your enemies getting a hold of you. Your heart has to be in this. You can't just look at this as principles and a formula to get out of a problem. He wants your heart. He wants it to be joyful to you. He wants you to be enthusiastic about this. And it shouldn't be that hard. He says, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion toward him boiling hot. Oh, okay, no hands. But how many of you are right now passionate toward God like boiling hot water on the stove? <laughs> if you're not, you can be. Now, why? Well, when you're boiling hot in your heart for God, you just miss a bunch of junk. You're on a whole different path. So he says, be, keep your passion toward him. Now, now, let me stop right there. Keep your passion toward him boiling hot. Whose responsibility is that? Well, Lord, just make me boiling hot. No, he said, this is our response. Keep Keep your passion. In other words, analyze your lifestyle. Look at your habits. See if there's anything that needs change so there's room for doing what will help you stay boiling hot for the Lord instead of just mundane, you know. Well, I, you know, I, I go to church on Sunday and, you know, I think about God once in a while and, you know, I, I, I may read a scripture once every two weeks and <clears throat> I look at my Bible on the coffee table. Looking at your Bible on the coffee table is not going to help you overcome the devil when he attacks you with depression. You need to know what's in the Bible, quote it when he attacks and see victory in your life. So I personally, let me just give you a little personal testimony. I, um, I got saved from near death. I mean, the devil was all over my case. I I was in a rock and roll band. I was doing drugs. I was putting stuff in my veins. I don't even know what it was. I think they said some of it was shark tranquilizer. Some of it was THC. I was living among people. We drive down the North Avenue. They point their 357 out the window, getting ready to shoot it. I mean, I was living a very dangerous lifestyle. And there came a time when all the drugs and all the crazy things that I'd been around, the things I'd been feeding on, the music I'd been playing, it's like harvest came to me. 
And I started to reap what I had been sowing in my mind, in my emotions, and in my body. And the devil had such a foothold in my life. Actually, I was headed to a bar here in town on ladies' night because our band was playing. Our band, 357, was playing in a band at the Timbers here in town for ladies' night. And I was the guitar player, and we had a bass player, and we had a drummer who sang. We were a three-piece band. And, and I, something was happening on the inside of me. My mom was taking me to the club. And uh, she was nice. She gave us rides because I needed a ride that day. But anyway, my mind was under such attack. I, I don't even want to get into the details of it because I don't want to release what it was. But I knew if I didn't get prayer right now, I was going to die. Do something crazy beyond my control. I feel like the enemy just about overtook me. He had been in my soul for a while. He'd been vexing me. He'd been harassing me. But it was like he was wanting to go to the next level. And I knew if I didn't get this thing corrected right now, that I would probably lose it, end up in a mental ward somewhere, maybe not even be alive. So mom <clears throat> pulled off into Spring Valley. I don't know if you know where Spring Valley is, right here off of F Road. And uh, we stopped at a friend's house named Gary and Priscilla, Priscilla Hines. Great Christians, grew up with my mom in the Catholic Church. But see, they had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit in a Catholic prayer meeting on Wednesday nights at St. Joseph. So mom's speaking in tongues. Gary and Priscilla are speaking in tongues. Ernie and Marcy are speaking in tongues. All her friends are speaking in tongues. The revival in the Catholic Church. It was wonderful. It was the charismatic movement. Got into the Catholic Church. Well, I went to that house and um, Gary and Priscilla prayed for me. I said, I said, I just don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm going to lose it. I don't know if I'm going to jump through a window or what. I can't feel like I can't control myself. I don't know what's going on. I, I feel like I'm out of control. It's like demon forces were trying to destroy me. And they prayed for me. And they prayed the salvation prayer for me. And I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now I had done that previously when I was throwing up LSD in St. Mary's Hospital when Dan worked there. Uh, that was a couple years before this. It's like, man, John, get it through your head. You need Jesus to take the wheel. <laughs> right? Because I, I got saved, but then I took the wheel again and went my own way again. Hung around with wrong people again. Did drugs again. And crash, I hit another brick wall. Ended up in the hospital. Crash, I hit another brick wall. How many know it's great to receive Jesus as your Savior? But it's even greater to receive him as your Lord, where you say, Jesus, I'm done hitting brick walls. I'm done getting up and falling down, getting up and crashing. I'm done. I want to stay up. And the Lord said, I thought you never asked. Make me the Lord of your life. Don't just run to me when you're in trouble. Run to me every day and fellowship me and hang around me. I'll talk to you about secrets of the universe, give you power to overcome your problems, help you to prosper in life. And I did that. Best decision I ever made other than getting saved. Because then I wasn't hitting all these brick walls anymore. Well, anyway, so I'm headed down to the ladies' night and I'm just freaking out. And, and, and I, I realized after talking with them that I should probably go fill my, fulfill my commitment. I was running a little bit late. Went down there, played that gig. Last gig I ever played with them. I said, guys, I'm sorry, but Jesus... Actually, I didn't say I'm sorry. I said, guys, I have made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I'm done doing this worldly stuff. I'm going to seek him with all my heart. Bye. Now, now the bass player, the bass player wanted to beat me up because we were going places. We were writing original songs. 357 was on the rise. Who knows? We might have been in Hollywood a year later. 
But the bass player wanted to beat me up. But my friend Mark, Mark Wilkinson, who's in heaven now, you all know Mark if you've been in the church very well, he defended me. And so uh, he didn't beat me up. And the Lord protected me anyway. But I got out of that band, started following the Lord, got delivered from demons, got delivered from the power of darkness, got delivered from disease, got delivered from foolishness. I was delivered from premature death. Well, you get delivered from stuff like that. You get a little wild. <laughs> you get a little wild. I mean, come on. When you're delivered from darkness and demons like I was, you really don't care what people think. They didn't die for you. He did. So I'm going to I'm going to be wild for God, whether people understand. <laughs> I mean, it's a drag, man, to have mental attacks and physical attacks and, and all kinds of stuff. I grew up without a dad. Um, he died when I was like seven or probably eight years old. He died of cirrhosis of the liver. He was bleeding to death. He had drank too much. He was throwing up blood. And he was like 37 years old. Very interesting side thought here is my dad thought that Jesus died at 37 years old. And he told my mom all through his life, I'm not going to live longer than Jesus did. I'm not going to live longer than Jesus. I'm going to die at the age he died. I'm going to die at the age he died. He had set spiritual laws in motion and everything around his life worked against him. And he died at the age he said he was going to die at with cirrhosis of the liver. You got to watch out about saying things from your heart that you don't want. Spiritual laws are set into motion. Not that you can't change something that you've said, but if it's sealed in you and you keep saying it, you, you can see some supernatural things happen in your life that was not from God. Can I get a witness? So he died at 37, left mom to take care of me and my brother and my sister who are both older than me. And, uh, oh man, I still wasn't, I mean, back in those days, if my mom hadn't got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues in that Catholic charismatic prayer meeting, I would not physically be alive. I don't think my brother would be physically alive. And I don't think my sister would be physically alive today. She prayed us out of early death by praying in tongues over our life, not knowing what she was praying, but just knowing as I pray in tongues over my kids, the Holy Spirit's helping me to get to roots of problems and to fix things underground. And they're going to rise up and serve the Lord. And here I am, 62 years old, still serving the Lord, love God more than ever. And my brother and my sister are both saved. They love God. My mom got filled with the Holy Spirit and her prayer power went up 10 notches. You know, like the Grinch's heart got my mom's power in her prayer life went up like 10 notches and there was no way the devil could drag us down his road to hell. My mom broke that with her praying in the spirit and being filled with the spirit. And so I guess I'm saying all that to say this. You, you don't you don't have to have an experience like mine to be boiling hot for God. You can just remember deeply that without Jesus, we're all going to hell. Whether you've lived a messed up life like me or you grew up in church, we should all be as on fire for God as ever because without him, none of us would have any hope at all. The good people would have no hope. The flakes like me would have no hope. Past flake, don't say I'm a flake now. But I mean, scuzzballs, there's hope for scuzzballs, right? I mean, there's hope for everybody. There is. Because we all need Jesus just as much as everybody else. So all that to say this, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot, radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. 
Next verse. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Guys, this is the kind of life we're talking about, spirit-filled and spirit-led. It's amazing. You say, but pastor, it seems so far out there. My life is like going this way. And what you're talking about is so different. And it's so radical. And it's so far out. And victorious. And powerful. And overcoming. And full of joy. And full of peace. No more fear of dying. No more fear of disease. Victory, 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 victory. But really, you know what? It's probably not as wild as you think it is because you can be a plumber, an electrician, a lawyer, a housewife, a stay-at-home mom, and this fits perfect in those lifestyles, being filled with the Spirit. We can't all be preachers. God doesn't want us all to be behind a pulpit. Then who would be witnessing to the people in public? You have an orbit of life going on right now that God wants to use you in. And you're way more effective if you're filled with the Spirit every day and you're led by the Spirit every day. Now it's not just hit and miss. I'll try this prayer. I'll try that prayer. No, you're hearing from God. And now all your prayers work. You're 100% spot on. You don't get 50% of your prayers answered. You get them all answered because you're filled with the Spirit. You're hearing from God. You're led by the Spirit. And you're not praying for people just because they have a need. You're praying for people the Lord tells you to pray for. But pastor, shouldn't we just pray for everybody? No. What? All right, let me, let me just share this with you. Paul and Barnabas were called of Jesus to preach the gospel to the entire world. And so they wake up one morning and say, Barnabas, let's go to Asia and preach the gospel. Barnabas said, yeah, Paul, let's go to Asia and preach the gospel. So they head out. This is in the Bible. So they head out to Asia and they're going to go preach the gospel. They're going to do what the Lord Jesus told them to do. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit forbade them to go to Asia and preach the gospel. What? Come on. When God says go to all the world and preach the gospel, that doesn't mean you just witness to everybody you see. You could actually blow it at times because people aren't ready, because uh, you're, you're not doing it the way the Lord wants you to do it. It's coming off more offensive. They're going to actually have a, have a bitter taste toward Jesus after you're done because you weren't ready. They weren't ready or whatever. How many think it's a really good idea to look to the Holy Spirit in all your ways so he can direct your paths? And Listen, God telling us to go to all the world and preach the gospel does not mean I am responsible for every single person in this world to hear the gospel. I'm responsible to help the ones he leads me to help. Here's a good way to tell who you're called to help. You ready? Whoever unlocks your compassion, you're called to help that person in some way or another. I'll be at the mall at times. I'll be in in, uh, public at times. And somebody across the room at another table, I'm looking at them and something in here goes, I want to help that person. I want to bless that person. There's many times I've told Carla, I said, Carla, do you have a hundred dollar bill? She goes, yeah. She goes, no. And I'll go get one out of the ATM or whatever. I said, we just got to bless this person working at Subway. Something in me is unlocking my compassion. And a lot of times you're just supposed to pray for him. Sometimes you may just go say, hi, how you doing? And maybe you're supposed to share a scripture, say, do you have any problems in your life? I'm a Christian. I'd love to pray for you if you have any hurts. Or maybe sometimes it's just to bless some money and say, hey, this is, this is something I feel like the Lord wanted me to give you. And to see him cry. 
and to realize your ministry was effective because you weren't just doing stuff because, you know, goody, goody Christians are supposed to tell people about Jesus. Be led. The Holy Spirit forbade them to preach the gospel in Asia. But wait a minute. Jesus already said, go to all the world and preach the gospel. Yeah, but not in your own power. It said David served his generation by the will of God, not just the way he wanted to. God's got a lot of people serving him the way those people want to serve him. And God said, I wish you'd serve me the way I want you to serve me. Well, Lord, this is all I have time for. God, this is what's convenient for me. God says, no, 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 no. Serve me the way I want you to serve me. Come on, it's the best thing for your life. It's your ministry will flourish more. More people will be helped. So, how are we doing, church? Did you know... All right, all right, turn to Romans 8, and I'll say this to you. We're almost done. Did you know that the Holy Spirit will walk you into your full healing? What do you mean? It means you don't have to try to receive healing from God on your own. You have a helper to help you understand scriptures, to help you pray properly, to help you stand in faith until the the battle's over. The Holy Spirit wants to help people a lot more than they've been letting him help them. Because they haven't been looking to him. They're not even aware of him. They have no idea what it means to be filled with the Spirit. They have no idea what it means to be led by the Spirit. And they're trying to fight life's battles on their own. They're not getting much victory because they're very limited in their ability. And all along, the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, I'll help you get into that healing that the doctor said there's no cure for. I'll help you get that victory in your family or your life. I'll help you. But people are going, ah, I'm just going to crimp my fist a little tighter and read a little more and look at Google a little longer and search out all this stuff. Hey, whatever. But man, look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. He has your answer. Interesting scripture in the Old Testament where it says King Asa died with a disease in his feet because he sought to the physicians and not to the Lord. Nothing wrong with going to a doctor, but if that's your God, if that's your all in all, if that's your final authority, you might want to get under the bed and hide and hope nothing bad happens. It said he died because he sought to the physicians and not to the Lord. How many know you can go to the doctor, but still seek the Lord about what the doctor says? Who's final authority, the doctor or God? Now, God may say, go with what the doctor said exactly. Then you go with exactly what the doctor said. But he may say, I tell the doctor this after you prayed. Tweak it just a little bit. Maybe not all that medication. Maybe this surgery instead of that surgery. or what? We acknowledge the Lord as final authority. Yes. Amen. We respect doctors. We thank God for medicine. We do all, but we look to the Lord about how that should be a part of our life. Because many times the Holy Spirit will say, do some things in the natural and it'll help you to walk out of this problem. It'll buy you a little time as your faith's growing. It'll mix with your faith in God, which is killing the root of the problem. This will deal with the symptoms. Things will get better. Just don't pretend with God. If you can't believe for an immediate healing, that doesn't mean you can't believe for healing by degree. Now, I said this on Wednesday night because we're talking about everybody can be healed. Wednesday night, we're proving it from the scriptures. Um, I said this on Wednesday night. I said, everybody has faith for healing. Everybody. If you're a believer, God gave you a measure of his faith. It's in you. He's not going to give you a little and shortchange you. And he goes, well, I knew cancer was coming your way, but I guess I didn't give you. Enough. He gave you enough faith to overcome cancer. Right. Now, listen closely. God, every believer has has faith to be healed. It's just every believer may not have faith right now for an immediate healing. But you still have faith to be healed by degree. 
Listen to the Lord. Take the steps he tells you to take. There's nothing you or your children can't walk out of if you'll just look to the Lord, look to his word, look to the Holy Spirit. He will show you how to get out of every problem, even so-called terminal ones. Now, Romans 8, look at verse 14. Paul's writing to the church at Rome. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Just hang on just a couple more minutes, guys. Now go back, go back. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Any sons and daughters of God in the room today? Yes. Say this, I, I expect, expect to, be to be led in this life. In this life. Decisions, Decisions, direction, direction. By, the Spirit of God. by the Spirit of God. Say this, I do not just look, not just look to, my brain. to my brain. I look to my heart. Now, for time's sake, let me just share this with you. Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man, see, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. When, you're, when you leave your body, your body falls to the earth like a coat falls off when we take it off. And your spirit, which is the real you, that has a soul, a mind, a will, and emotion, takes off. Either up or down. Up or down. No limbo. Up or down. Up or down. And if you're a believer, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul said it's far better to be with the Lord than any good thing on this planet. But he stayed for the people's sake, and we should too. Right? But you are, you are a spirit, and the Bible says... In Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. What does that mean? God's going to enlighten you in your spirit, not your brain. So look here to see if that's the person you're supposed to marry, not just here or your feelings. Look to here to see if you're supposed to move, not just to the palm trees and sunshine. Look here, because you can move to where there's palm trees and sunshine and be the most depressed person on this planet if you're out of the will of God and you know you're out of the will of God. There is no geographical location. There's no person that can satisfy that emptiness to you except Jesus Christ and the fullness of the Spirit. I mean, why do you think multimillionaires and celebrities commit suicide fairly regularly? Why? They have all the money. They have all the fame. They can have whoever they want. They can have anything they want. Why do they still kill themselves? Because they're trying to force into their lives something to fill that only Jesus can fill and satisfy. There are people right now in Buena Vista prison. There are people in other prisons around this country and world that are happier and have more peace than people living on a Hollywood hill in a 10,000 mansion looking over the city and having friends and celebrities over all the time. They're happier and freer in prison because they have a relationship with Jesus. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. And these people out here have no Jesus and no Holy Spirit in their life at all. Then they come up against diseases. Billionaires come up against diseases. All their willpower and all their money and all their doctors and all their counselors cannot get them healed of. And they die young. They, don't have, they didn't have to. I said they didn't have to. 
But why did they, Pastor? Well, come to Wednesday night. We're talking about that on Wednesday night. But they didn't have to. Just because somebody perished didn't mean they had to. Just because somebody died young with a disease didn't mean they had to. And we're going over this in detail on Wednesday nights. Everybody can be healed. Just not everybody's going to turn to the Word to see what they're supposed to do to be healed. They're too busy with their soap operas and movies and latest this and latest that. They have no time to do what God said to do, which is easy and simple. It just may have to put Star Trek on hold for a month. And then when you go back, regulate it. Keep God as the most exciting person in your life. Um, I'm basically out of time. I'm going to tell you in one minute, three things. One minute. It's, it's, it's 1125 before it says 1127. In case it's going to change in a second. No, just, just listen. We, we can expound on this later. There's three things that you can do on a daily basis to maintain a spirit-filled life after you're initially filled, which we'll have prayer for that here in just a minute, that you need to do to maintain a spirit-filled. Number one, this is heavy. I mean, this, this is going to rock your world. This is going to change your life. This is going to freak you out. So you might want to write this down. Number one, read your Bible. And I'm going to go one step farther. Hear the word of God on a regular basis, preferably daily. Most people could listen to at least a half a sermon driving to work and driving home from work. Most people could hear a full sermon or two if they just cut their TV time in half. Why? I'm telling you, when you're hearing an anointed, empowered man of God or woman of God preach an anointed, powerful word of God, you start to get filled with the same spirit the preacher's filled with, and you start to get filled with the anointed word of God. And Jesus said, my words are spirit They're for your spirit and they are life. Well, what if you're filled with Holy Spirit anointed words from God's word? You're getting filled with the spirit. I like to say a sermon a day keeps disease away. I'm telling you guys, there's nothing more powerful than hearing the anointed word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right? Number two. And we'll go on this in detail later. Number two, if you want to maintain a spirit-filled life, pray and fellowship with God every day of your life. Don't ever get far away from his uh, presence. Don't ever get far away from the reality that he's real and he's there with you and he's helping you. This is where a lot of people miss it. They, they pray only when they have a need. No, you need to fellowship with God. Make this a part of your life. All right, so pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Read my Bible, hear good sermons, and pray. Is this freaking you out? You're rocking your world? Something you never heard before? No, hearing is one thing, but doing is a whole other deal. Number three, are you ready? Hook up with a good local church and get involved. Hook up with a good local church and, and get involved. And we can go into all that in detail Um, let me read you what the Lord, I believe he gave me yesterday as I was waking up thinking about today. I got this, uh, this was the Lord speaking to me. You can judge it whether it's for you or not. 
He said, we're coming upon a day where believers are going to attend church services in churches that believe in the full power of God and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. They will attend more and more the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, and they will not be afraid of epidemics or powers of darkness at all. They will have a revelation that they are the contagious ones with the healing power of God. It'll be as real to them as the gender they are. The glory of God will manifest in every service and plans and purposes from heaven will be made crystal clear to all those in these meetings. Angels will at times manifest and bring forth provisions and instructions from heaven that will shake the earth. The equipping from God in these meetings will cause all who attend to go forth into their world with anointed words, ideas, and plans that will revolutionize their neighborhoods, their places of business, and their orbit of life in society. The peace and joy of the Lord in these church meetings that will come into my people will be so strong in God's people as they forsake not the assembling of themselves together. Help comes from the sanctuary and multitudes will flow into the churches where my presence and my glory fills the atmosphere. Well, being hooked up with a local church whose leaders are filled with the spirit and maintaining a spirit filled life where where the power of God is talked about often, where consecration is is so on everyone's heart. you, You just you hang around a church like that before you know it. You'll be hanging around the slippy creek bank and you're in the water. Just the way it is. You will slip in to a spirit filled life. Pretty soon you'll be speaking in tongues. You know, speaking in tongues is one of the greatest gifts God's given the end time church. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Just, you know, sometimes I think, well, that person didn't make it through that crisis because they just didn't have the strength. I should say that person didn't make through that crisis because they didn't pray in tongues and get built up like they should have been. So much stems back to what God's given us and using it or not using it. But it all starts with saying, Jesus, well, it all starts with being born again. You can't receive the Holy Spirit if you're not born again. Jesus said the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God's gift to the world. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to God's children. So if you're not saved, you need Jesus. If you are saved, You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, believe me. And it's easy. So let's go ahead and stand up. Carla, if you wouldn't mind coming up here. I just... Thank you, Lord. We'll just pray together. Father, we're so thankful for your presence and your love. Jesus, we adore you and we honor you. Heavenly Father, right now I'm asking for you to open the eyes of all of us here today to see what we need to see in this area of salvation and being filled with the Spirit. Lord, you have given us heaven's best, your own Son, the Holy Spirit of God. May we all receive the fullness of these two precious divine personalities. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's just reverence this minute here. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like I did many years ago when I came out of darkness in the light by the power of God. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If you would like the prayer of salvation 
to be prayed for you. I'll, I'll, I'll pray. I'll lead you in the prayer. It's like a 20 second prayer, but it's the most powerful prayer you ever pray in your life. And the people that I'm talking to right now are those of you that are not 100% sure that if you were to leave the earth today, you'd go up and not down. And friend, don't look at your goodness. Listen, listen to me with your eyes closed. Listen, it's not good people that go to heaven. It's not people who are baptized in water. These things won't save you. You, you. you can't just be nice and that's how you get to heaven. If that was the case, then why did Jesus even come to the earth? Die on a cross, a horrific death, go to hell, rise from the dead. If us just being good people could get us to heaven, then why in the world would Jesus come to the earth to do all that and save us? Friend, Everybody on this planet needs saved. If they grew up in church, if they lived a life of sin, everybody needs to be saved, even good people. Because it's not our actions that are keeping us from heaven. It's our heart. It's our nature that Adam passed on to everybody. But through the born again experience, through praying the prayer of salvation and meaning it, that nature is changed in a moment and the greatest miracle happens on the inside of you and you are translated out of the power of darkness unto God, and you are now his dear child forever in the light. If you are not 100% sure that heaven is your home, that God is your father, and that when you leave this earth, you're going to be with him immediately, I want to pray for you. Here's the thing. God responds to faith. And the Bible says faith without action is dead. We like to encourage people to do something, even if it's a little thing, to show that your faith is not dead. And I'm going to ask you to do something right now to prove that your faith is not dead so that your faith is alive and so that this prayer works and so that you know that you know that you know that you know you're going to heaven when you leave the earth. You immediately can come into the family of God right here and right now. And if you'd like this salvation prayer to count for you, then as a simple act of faith, raise your hand with all heads closed, eyes, excuse me, eyes closed, heads bowed. If you'd like to pray the salvation prayer, raise your hand right now and we'll pray it and we'll take care of this business and you'll be a child of God. Anybody at all? Lights are a little bright so it's hard to see everybody. I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Raise your hand if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want to know that you know that you know that you know heaven is your home. No more wondering, no more, no more I hope so. You can know confidently that you're going to heaven when you leave the earth. Just raise your hand and we'll pray that prayer. Anybody else? Those of you watching online, if this applies to you, just tell the moderator right now that you're raising your hand and we'll pray for you too. You can put your hands down. Anybody at all, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd like, say, you say, Pastor, I'm a believer. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. But I want, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. I want to be able to talk to my Father heart to heart. I want to be able to pray past my mental limitations. I want to, I want to be filled with the Spirit. Friend, if you've never been filled with the Spirit, raise your hand at this time and we'll pray that prayer as well for you. Anybody else? Would you like to raise your hand and make sure that you have the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Lord. I see that hand. Anybody else? Raise your hand. I don't know if I saw all the hands, so you're just going to have to um, know that God saw your hand. And All right. <clears throat> so you can all look up here right now. So what we're going to do at this time, everybody that raised your hand, 
If you would, please, we're going to pray for you. Just like we said, another simple act of faith is just come and meet me and Carla right now down here so we can pray with you and pray for you. So just find the closest aisle to you right now. If you raise your hand in either one of those invitations and come forward right now. I know it's a little tough at times, but you know what? Jesus walked up Golgotha for us. I think we can walk down an aisle for him. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. You can stand right there facing me. Come on forward. Come on forward. Anybody else, you can come forward. It's not too late. The reason we like to ask people to come forward is because it's a sign that you just, you mean business. You're not ashamed. You come into the Lord. You know, he walked up a mountain and was crucified naked, not in a back alley somewhere, on a mountain where the whole world could see him. He did that for us. And sometimes it's good just to punch fear in the face, punch embarrassment in the face, say, I'm walking the aisle for Jesus. I'm not saying the prayer won't work if you don't come forward, but it just helps it helps your Christianity. You just feel saved quicker, if I could. You are saved after a prayer like this. Sometimes it's good to feel that salvation too. So if you're watching online, now did you both come for salvation or to be filled with the Holy Spirit or both? 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 Okay, well, we're going to take care of business right now. Thank you for coming. Let's pray. Let's just close our eyes and let's pray. Repeat this after me and say it from your heart. Everybody can say it in support. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I confess, I confess. Jesus, is Jesus is Lord. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that. He's, Lord of me now. He's Lord of me now. He's Lord of all. Lord of all. Jesus, is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And I believe with all my heart, all my heart. deeper than my understanding, deeper than my thinking, I believe with all my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And now according to the Bible, which is the word of God, I am saved. I am blessed. I am his child forevermore. And no one, no thing, no how can pluck me out of his hand. Thank you for saving me, Father. I'm your child forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Don't don't go anywhere. Wait right here. We're going to pray one more prayer. Let, Let me say this. Let me say this. The Bible says all heaven, and there's millions upon millions of people in heaven and angels, all heaven rejoices when one person turns to the Lord. Well, you've got them partying right now for a while because of what you just did. See, they know the power of what you just did. In the natural here, we think, oh, this is nice. We just pray a prayer. This is the most powerful thing in the universe that could ever take place in a human being. What happened right here, right now. Heaven is not seeing through a glass darkly like we are. They're not tripped up with all these opposing forces and all these things trying to lie to us. I know that's not important. This is the most important thing that could ever happen to your life. And you just did something that the devil and all demons couldn't hold you back from doing. You are saved. You are on the other side. You're in God's hands. And now you have authority and power over every force of evil. And he's going to teach you how to use it. You ready to be filled with the spirit? Okay, now that you're born again, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're all going to pray this prayer together. Those of you watching online, pray this prayer with us. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray that Jesus fills you with the Holy Spirit. And in the Bible, it says that Paul laid hands on the Christians and it, it helped them to receive. So if I feel like I need to do that, is that okay with you? Okay, so if I feel, but you might receive without me laying hands on you, then I won't have to lay hands on you. But here's the thing. We're going to ask Jesus to fill you with the Holy Spirit. 
Don't look to your feelings to see if it worked. Just look to the word that says, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he said he'd give you the Holy Spirit. And so what happened in the Bible is when, when they received the Holy Spirit, feelings or no feelings, they began to speak in tongues from here. You know, we, can, we speak from here all the time, you know, two plus two equals four, oh yeah. but there, there's a place you can speak to from right here. I was filled with the Holy Ghost decades ago, and I wish I had instruction like this because it was a little difficult for me to get started. But as soon as we say, thank you, Jesus, for filling me with the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to praise him and just love him with the words that are down here. It'll come out. It won't be English, but it'll be a heavenly language. He's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. You have to yield. But if you'll yield and speak in faith, he will meet you. And those words will become divine. They will be divine words from the origin. They'll come out of you. God will be glorified and you'll have a great, great power in your life you didn't have before. All right. So, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for Jesus. And, Lord, these that have come forward now, they're going to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you promised them that if they asked for the Holy Spirit, you would give them the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, to where the overflow of speaking in tongues and other wonderful things would come through them into this world. Father, thank you so much for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's ask them, guys. Just, you can just put your hand on your belly there if you want. It might just help you locate where this is happening. And just say this, Lord Jesus, oh, my Lord, I'm asking you this very moment to fill me with the precious Holy Spirit. I believe you're doing it. I believe I receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so right now, I say thank you in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to speak in tongues and I'm going to praise your name from deep within. Thank you for helping me. Now just from your belly, just cotombre, jeete, fandango, pocote, ileisto, just cote, just open your mouth and speak from your, your heart. Just let it flow. You don't have to understand it. Just let it flow. That's right. Kato fromotosekena. Lambre jeete, keete, costono, monochi, vandano. It's just words that come out of your... You have to do the speaking. The Holy Spirit won't speak for you. But as you speak, He will help you. It'll be a language that God can understand. Just speak from your belly. Just, it's just like you open up your mouth and you speak without thinking. You speak from down in your belly instead of just from your head. And it, it'll sound different. It'll sound strange, but it's God helping you to pray in a language that goes beyond your natural abilities. Oh, Father, we lift up our hands and we praise you and thank you. Father, thank you for these that have come forward. Thank you for their salvation. Thank you for filling them with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for helping them to fluently just pour out other tongues from their belly. Oh, to you, Father, and in prayer. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Everybody said amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 